it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode 14 of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, and I'm one of the basketball coaches at Indiana Westland. Today, we're going to talk about being in the zone. After a midseason slide, the team was on a winning streak heading into a home game against St. Francis. Both teams were ranked in the top 10 in the country, but St. Francis had a two-game lead in the conference standings. The stakes were high, and in the second half, Kyle Mangus scored 24 straight points. He's going to join today to talk about being in the zone. In the second half, Ben Carlson and Jacob Johnson are going to come on and share about the game, as well as talk about seeing Kyle grow into his leadership role after being challenged in earlier episodes. We're joined now by freshman Kyle Mangus. Kyle, in our last episode, Ben Carlson shared about a prayer meeting we had as a team. And this was coming off some really tough moments for our whole team, but especially the freshmen. He talked in episode eight about when you're going through this as a freshman, it's almost overwhelming. Take us in your mind, both in the midst of that losing streak and being coached hard, all the way up to that prayer meeting and what you were thinking about going forward. Yeah, so the uh, three days that we had over Christmas break where we're um, after our three-game losing streak, they were definitely super hard. And um, I know they were hard for everyone, but especially for the freshmen, we had never been through something like that before, you know. I'm not going to ex- explain everything that happened, but, yeah, just know <laughs> it, it, it was a very tough time. So um, when we kind of had that prayer meeting and Ben said said uh, those words, I kind of felt – or not kind of felt, but I really felt encouraged and, um, you know, just felt like a, a, a new – new fire inside of me for the rest of the season. And I really think that helped our team and it, it helped me in individually too. So we have this moment of resetting our heart on, on what's in front of us. And we go and we win the next night against Taylor and we play that weekend against St. Francis. And this is the biggest game we've had all year. They have a two game lead in conference. They're ranked second in the country. And we knew that if we were going to be in the, in the race to win the championship, we almost had to win this game. As we entered that game, what's going through your mind? Yeah, so I knew St. Francis was on a 16-game winning streak. They were just leading the conference undefeated, and you know, no one thought we would beat them, especially coming off of uh, the rough patch that we were going through. So I, I, I don't know. Um, I just felt like, uh, why, why couldn't we beat these guys? You know, we we just felt like I said before, um, we had our hearts reset and. Um, we obviously were a team that could beat him. So, yeah, I, I was look, definitely looking forward to the game. So we enter halftime with a 31-27 to 27 lead. It's a low-scoring game. What do you remember up to that point? Uh, I think I had 10 or 12 points, and uh, all my shots weren't falling down. But I just remember teammates and coaches were just encouraging me to be aggressive and just, you know, keep shooting when, when I'm open. What, what happened next is something we'll probably never forget in this program – you had a stretch where you scored 24 straight points for our team, and you scored 29 points in the last 15 minutes of the game to finish with 40 points, the most any Wildcats had since Caleb Dimmick in 1997, obviously a very important name in our program. Talk to us about being in the zone. Yeah. What are you feeling as a player in those moments? 
Uh, there's not much you think about, honestly, and it goes by super fast. And um, yeah, you're you're really not thinking about anything. You're you just I don't know. You're 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 just in in like a zone, and you don't want to get out of that zone, you know. So when a, when a coach calls a play for you, yeah, and you're in the zone, oh yeah, what are you thinking about? You know, you just can't wait to get the opportunity to to shoot or get that open look because in that moment you just feel like everything can go in. You're a quiet guy. We've been talking about that throughout with your dad, with some of the other players. By nature, you have a killer instinct but a calm demeanor. Mm-hmm. But there's moments in a timeout when we look at you and we just know you want the ball in your hand. Mm-hmm. When we're in timeouts like that, you may not be demonstrative, but what's your thought process as a scorer to, to just know you're going to be able to score against your defender? Um. Yeah, so my mindset is never get too low or never get too high on the court. You just kind of got to be steady and, and stay the path. But in this moment, especially like during timeouts when Coach T or someone would call a play, I, I just felt excited and, and couldn't wait to, to run that play because like at, at that moment, I just felt like I, everything could go in and everything <laughs> was going in. And in our second half, Ben Carlson is going to come on and even share one of those moments that he remembers about Kyle uh, – getting excited and saying something as they run on the court to Ben and Jacob too, because you are a, a steady demeanor guy, but all the way back when your dad came on and when teammates called you to, to be more vocal and be more emotional, this was a game where that really came out. Yeah. What was it like as a player to, to really show more emotion? Cause there was a, a rocking crowd that night. It was really loud and you were playing at that high of a level. How were you able to go to that next level in terms of emotion and passion? Yeah. So, um, you probably said in podcasts in the episodes before, but I got called out by the seniors and some other guys just to, it was, it was nothing I wasn't doing wrong, but they, they just knew I could be doing more to help our team. And, and that was show emotion. Like I remember Jacob telling me when I show emotion, it brings him and other guys to a whole new level and just helps our team, you know, bring more energy. So for this game, I really felt like I did that and it felt different, but a good different, I would say. So I remember getting an and one, late in the game and Joel's rushing over to me. I'm, I'm in his face screaming. We're shoving, <laughs> shoving each other. And then like the very next play, I remember Jacob takes a charge on their best player and re- we were all r- running over to him and screaming and like emotion level was just off the charts. And I think that really helped our team win that game and really helped spark something for the rest of the season. We talked about this all the way back in episode four, but there were moments in that game when I thought back to when your dad said, man, I just can't wait to see Kyle play with more emotion and passion. And we even talked with Trevor Wade, as you alluded to there back in Players 11, a Players Only meeting where people called you out and said, we see something more in you. And it's it's really just fun to watch as players grow in new ways and, and go deeper into to personality and passion and leadership. And it was one of those moments that was really important for our team and for you to grow in that way. Let's fast forward a couple weeks because there's one more moment I want to talk to you about and take listeners inside your mind. We're playing at Marion, and Evan Maxwell is going to come on in our next episode and talk about his game because he had a career game. But there's one shot that you hit, a shot to send it into overtime, and I would love for listeners to hear from a player's perspective that moment. So we draw a play up for Evan. There's five seconds left. We have the ball out on our sideline, and we're down by three. So we have to make a three-pointer. Explain what happened. So Evan was obviously feeling at that game. You know, he was 
he was, I don't know, above 30 points or something like that. But So we were trying to get a play for him to to uh, come off a screen from me and catch it in the corner and shoot it, I think. But Marion defended it pretty well. So Evan ended up catching it, but they were all over him. So he th- threw it back to me real quick. And I knew this could be a high possibility of happening because they were going to look to Evan. Um, their, Marion's defense was. So I, w- I was ready for uh, anything. And I knew if Evan threw it back to me, uh, I knew what I was going to do. So Evan ended up throwing it back to me. And I took a dribble towards the top and pump faked and one of their guys flew by me and I ended up getting a good look and you know just drained it like I, I don't know I, f- I felt confident I felt super calm shooting it wasn't in a rush so yeah why is it so important in a big moment or a big game to be around teammates who you know are pursuing three rather than pursuing me oh it's super important because guys don't care who gets the last shot and you know guys honestly just want to see other people succeed more than they succeed themselves. So uh, in that moment, like my teammates, I know that they were happy to see me shoot it and make it, but I would have been just as happy, you know, if Joel would have shot it or Kanan would have shot it. Like it could, it really could have been anyone. So yeah, that's, that's just the culture of our program. But the, both those games, the locker room celebration and yeah. how as a team, we, we go through things, we work hard together and then we go celebrate oh, yeah. in the locker room. What are those like for a player? Oh, the locker room celebrations are the best. We, I mean, we're jumping around, spraying water bottles everywhere, tackling each other. So, <laughs> yeah, those are fun. After you put in all the hard work. And uh, I remember Coach T has a saying. He says, I'd rather be sore today than sorry tomorrow. So <laughs> you'd rather give it everything you have during the game than be sorry tomorrow that you didn't. And when we come back, we're going to bring on our seniors, Jacob Johnson and Ben Carlson. And they're going to talk about playing alongside a player who's in the zone. And even why were they, as seniors, willing to give so much trust to some of the younger guys on the team like Kyle? This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I Am Third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President Trent Daly. Pursuing the I Am Third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're back with Ben Carlson and Jacob Johnson. Guys, we just got done talking to Kyle Mangus about a stretch of the season where he just went to another level scoring, specifically the 40-point game against St. Francis. Jacob, you've played with a lot of elite players and elite scorers over your time here. What's it like when you're on the court with another player who's in the zone? Yeah, um, you know, I think there's sometimes as a player where it, you know, you need to attack and get things going for the offense. And there's other times where you know that your teammate is just playing out of his mind and all you want to do is just try to get him more involved in the offense every possession. And uh, that game against St. Francis and Kyle at 40, I mean, I just remember like every single shot that he put up I thought was going in. And he he didn't shoot 100% from the field, but it, like the confidence that I had in him 
and uh, looking back over my career and knowing some of the other players that that uh, that had that similar type of game, uh, Johnny Marlin being one guy that he had multiple games similar to that, and, and just knowing that you literally just space and just don't do anything on offense, some hmm. possessions, and you know that they're you're gonna get a bucket because they're going they're going after it. And um, people like I know Bob had a really like a 38 or 40 point game one game, and and just knowing knowing when those types of games are are coming on and you can kind of see it and, and you see the, the excitement and the passion rising in them. And, um, yeah, it's just kind of a surreal feeling knowing that you have that much trust in a teammate to sometimes let the offense just be four low. But, Ben, you guys are seniors. You've put years of work into this program. And here's this freshman coming along. Was it hard at all to – to do it with a guy like Kyle, who's a freshman, rather than someone you've played with for years? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. And I think uh, it, it kind of came to, um, at the start of the season, when, when we truly felt the coaches were giving me and Jacob um, a lot of pull, a lot of power, that we just wanted to, to empower somebody else. And, and you know, you could, you could, we could go through the whole lineup and say, all right, what are we going to do for each kid? Are we going to give him this power? But Kyle was a guy that just came in day one and, and just was bought in for the moment we he got here and uh, that just built trust in him immediately. And that, and that built over the course of the season um, and eventually got to the point where we, we had that, that players meeting um, that Trevor Harrell talked about earlier. And um, we just wanted to give him the reins and say, dude, like this is your team. It doesn't matter if you're a freshman, senior, sophomore, whatever, like you've proven that, that you, you want what's best for this team. And right now what's best for this team is, is for you to just be an elite scorer and a, an elite vocal leader. So it wasn't just because, he was good at putting the ball in the hoop. There was more going on behind the scenes, in practice, in the locker room that allowed you guys to trust Kyle in moments like this. Yeah, I mean, he he just he just wanted to to be third in everything he did. And I think early in the season, he was scared to take over because he thought that was being selfish. And what the reality of it is, is, is him taking over was unselfish because that's what was best for our team. Is there any specific moments from that game you remember or – parts of the game when he's on fire and, and you could just tell there was something different. Yeah, it, it's a it's a moment I will never forget. We're in the second half and he scored probably 10 straight at this point and we call a set for him to hit a shot and I'm setting the screen for him and we're jogging down the court next to each other and he just turns to me and goes, you know I'm hitting this. <laughs> and There's a good feeling when you set a screen for a player to, to score on a set, but I don't think it matters what screen I set on that uh, play because I he was going to make it no matter what his defender was doing. One of the things I love hearing that is going all the way back uh, to episode five when his dad came on and talked about seeing Kyle grow and playing with emotion and excitement and passion. And that's something you guys came alongside him to pull out of him as we've heard throughout this story. Jacob, I, I know in this game you had mentioned you saw that in him a little bit. What was it like to see him get excited and go to that next level playing with passion? Man, it was awesome. You know, one thing that I remember talking to him – during my injury and when, when kind of demanding more of him on a leadership role, especially vocally, I told him that when he gets excited, he ignites the whole team. And when he shows passion, you know, it gives me energy. And um, part of being unselfish and being I'm third is not necessarily just, you know, doing things like, you know, being selfless off the court for your teammates, but even more so on the court, like Ben hit on earlier, taking over games is, is I am third and, and selfless if it's done with a pure heart. And then also just bringing energy and passion and enthusiasm during the game. And I told Kyle during that break over, over Christmas that when you get excited and bring energy 
like it, it gets me excited. I know it ignites our teammates too, even if it's not necessarily like you feel it completely in you. Like it's really tough as, as a soft-spoken guy, especially kind of how Kyle is to to bring that type of passion and energy every single day. But in those moments in the St. Francis game when he when he had 40, like the energy that it brought when he got excited was just unbelievable. It was really fun to watch. I am third come to life in a moment like this because you guys easily could have said, no, I want the credit. I want the last shot. But another teammate was playing well. And because he had had an I am third attitude and following you guys, you guys freely gave it away. And it, it was really a fun thing to watch. Really a picture of I am third. We're back for overtime with Coach Tonigal. We have a question coming in from Aaron in Michigan asking, was there a particular aspect that the coaches felt they had to say no to in order to say yes to a national championship? Listeners will remember, Coach T talked about this in a prior episode. Coach T, how about you? Yeah, at the end of the year, I found myself in a very difficult situation. I, As you've heard throughout the podcast, I, I empowered the leaders this year to make decisions. Well, they came to me and wanted to suspend one of our players who hadn't lived up to the expectations of the team. But the suspension was due at the final game of the regular season, which we needed to win to win the league. And at that moment, I had to say no to my fear of losing that big game in order to say yes for somebody being fully bought in and our leaders feeling like they were empowered. And it wasn't an easy thing to do, but ultimately I think it made our team stronger. And I just had for myself, I, I felt like this year I had to say no to comparison in order to say yes to calling. So it's easy in my shoes being an assistant either to compare myself to, to Coach T, the, the success he has, or look at Coach Osborne and the way he comes in and just has such a connection with the guys and has such an impact or – Coach Widener, the way that uh, he can dominate intramurals. Uh, <laughs> it's easy for me to live in comparison and, and compare my weaknesses to other strengths, but to say yes to my calling and my gifts and who I am and really live in the humility we talk about in our program, uh, that's an area that, that I've had to grow in specifically this year. And I think ultimately growing and understanding who I am and what my calling is helped deliver a national championship to our team. Next time. We're going to be joined by Evan Maxwell to talk about growth. We first heard from Evan on episode six, when Ben Carlson called out greatness in him in a big moment of the season. Evan is going to share about how he responded and started pursuing an upward trajectory both on and off the court. He will share some of the ups and downs that came as he bought into the program. I was, I was impacting the box score a lot, but not taking it personally to play defense or, or do those little things. So as time went on, like I realized in order to not only fulfill this role because I had already stepped into the starting role and, and started into a big role and I had made some big strides, but um, it wasn't it wasn't enough. It wasn't as great as I could could be. It was, wasn't everything that I could bring to the team. Then Coach T will join in the second half. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, Please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask iWoo Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWooHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at iWooHoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, 
first find a way to be third.